Wacko, you can wager all or part of your money. I'll blow the world. All right, then. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Columbus is the capital of Ohio. There's Montgomery, Alabama, south of Helena, Montana. Then there's Denver, Colorado, under Boise. I Saying about orange juice, you haven't had an orange juice in a while, and you said because I'm drinking a smooth orange Tropicana. You with a hundred percent pure fresh fruit, fresh fruit. <laughs> it does pure sound, pressed fruit. On, honestly, I used to drink. Well, I say used to, as if it's not, it's as if it's like an old time thing. But I feel like I used to drink so much orange juice, and I don't know when did I last have orange juice in this country. I don't have the answer to that question, I'm afraid. Because I don't think I've had any since I came back from Germany. Mm. Which is... I don't know. Not that long. Not Really not that long ago. Was that... I, I was there this weekend, wasn't I? Or last weekend? Yeah? I think so. This is like pressing stuff and very interesting stuff as well. I don't know why I've just completely forgotten when I was in Germany or when I last had orange juice. But this is the type of extremely uninteresting stuff which we are all about on this podcast. I mean, it's what we're known for. Mm. We are the extremely uninteresting podcast, so we are known for extremely uninteresting conversations. And speaking of extremely uninteresting conversations, this is episode 50. So this is our 50th extremely uninteresting. Is this actually episode 50? I think this is episode 50. It could be 49 and that I would have just jumped I thought it gun, was 49. Oh, is, is it? No, yeah, you're right. This is episode 49. <laughs> Ignore me. Ha ha ha. It's not episode 50, you silly goose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Boy, definitely... do you feel foolish. I feel well foolish. It's definitely episode 49 next week, or maybe the week after. I don't know. It will be episode <laughs> 50. Golly. <laughs> Flawless transition, of course. Well done, us. Look at us. Look at us. I'm going to pat myself on the back. That's a firm pat on the back right it there. It was a firm pat on the back. Fitting the, for this week's episode. I haven't named you yet. But the name I've got written down is Dankules. Go ahead. Or, or don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think you froze for a second. <laughs> Did you not hear me say the name? You said Dankles, and then I said, "Go ahead." Oh, I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying, "Go ahead," as in like say the name. <laughs> to be fair, though. <laughs> to be fair, though, I said you had Dankles, and I went, "Go ahead," and you just sat there like. I thought I thought you'd frozen, so I thought that you didn't hear me say <laughs> Dankles or Danricles, depending, depending. Depending where I'm from. Yeah. But keep that in. Keep that entire bit in. Because <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> Don't Go worry, ahead. it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. Uh, but yeah, I'm Dan Kelly's. Like Yeah, because firm, you're strong, mythological hero. Somewhat mm-hmm. fitting with my conspiracy theory that we'll come to Ooh. later. Um, audacity and laptop. Allowing permitting. and all that. Yeah, permitting, that's the word. Permitting. Yes. They do call me the, um, ooh, da- Dan Shixnary. <laughs> they do call me the, um... <laughs> I was going to say the, the dictionary, but with Dan, so I said Dan Shixnary, but that doesn't really work. Dan Shixnary. Yeah, that works better. It does write work that better. Down, write that I, down. I have been doing this for 49 episodes, not 50, at this point, so <laughs> you'd think I'd be better at it by now. Well, better than you, but that's not saying much. Wow. 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 Speaking of not saying much, um, shall we talk about the new Lord of the Rings show? Because I feel like we're going to bring this up every week. Or shall we just let it um, slide? Because well, I, I have nothing to say. What do you have to you have say? No- 
What the fuck are they doing? Is what I have to say. Let it out, Rory. Let it out. I'm here for you. Even though I'm much more of a film guy than a TV show guy, I've been waiting so long for them to make a TV series around around Middle Earth. Mm -hmm. And they're Mm -hmm. finally doing it. And they're making it the most expensive TV show ever made. They are, yes. And they're taking everything great that it should be and chucking it straight into the bin. They are the closest bin they could find. And then they're digging around under it in the bin to find the lower reaches of the bin, digging that out, having a smelly hand and thinking, yeah, that's what we're going to go with instead. My analogy is a bit weird, I'll be honest. No, I thought it was the perfect analogy. But it's just so shit. It just keeps getting worse and worse. What What is it exactly that has uh, brought this fiery anger out of you this week, Rory? Well, I don't know if everyone would have seen. But basically, they announced this week, or I think it was Sunday. I know. So, yeah, I was in. I came back from Germany over a week ago. Oh, no, this... Um, you weren't in Sunday... Sunday? You weren't in weekend... Weekend? You weren't in... <laughs> oh, God. Fucking <laughs> hell. But they said the Basically, what they've bought the rights to for this TV show is they've bought the rights to The Lord of the Rings, like the books, The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, The, the Appendices at the end of Return of the King and I think that's it yeah I think so so they don't have any further writings of Tolkien I could ask, I, I could check real quick just to make sure I'm getting that right and don't look like a like a like a giant doofus or anything like that hello am I back I mean I think so okay I think we just had a power cut. You think you just had a power cut? Yeah, because um, like the light turned out for about a second and the Wi-Fi went off, so I'm currently using a hotspot. Oh. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a turn of events. That is a turn of events. It seems the world does not want us to record this <laughs> podcast today. The world is so against this podcast. Maybe we should take a hint. Nope. But speaking of taking a hint, I don't know if you heard, but I, I was right. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard. So, basically, they don't have the Silmarillion, they don't have Unfinished Tales, they don't have History of Middle-Earth, they don't have, uh, I would say, Children of um, Huron and that lot, but that's basically just expanded from the... Yeah, that's in the Silmarillion. Silmarillion, they don't have... They're all know, up there somewhere. Any Anything from the notes of Tolkien, they don't have... Mm. They, they just have those. So, what they've done, even though this is set in the Second Age... Is they don't have any of the fucking they d- they don't, they don't have, have rights to any of the fucking source material from the second age. So what they've done, and I'll take a, a quote from uh Mr Mr J D Payne and Patrick McKay, the absolute fucking idiots running the and producing the show. They said, uh, we took all these little clues and thoughts of uh, I can't even read. They took all the we took all these little clues and thought of them as stars in the sky that we then connected to write the novel that Tolkien never wrote about the Second Age. Hmm. They, for some reason, they think they are able to write on the same level as Tolkien. Yeah, I don't know where they've got this sense of arrogance from. Because that's what it is. It's just blatant arrogance it's it, it is exactly it's flat out arrogance for them to think that you know they could just casually match and the level of the greatest author of all time which is you know it's it's a thing hmm. and i'm very i'm very upset about it and i'm very angry about it well don't worry it can come out and everyone's gonna fucking hate it everyone is gonna hate it because it's gonna be awful hmm I don't see any Are they way. Have anything from the Second Age, though. Um. Well, because they don't have the rights to it. I, probably not. No, they're they're just telling their own story. But when are they gonna have Gondolin or anything? They had it in the the picture. Looks like Gondolin, the it, very first leaked picture. It did look a lot like Gondolin, but isn't wasn't Gondolin First Age? Might have been. I think the fall of Gondolin is set in the First Age, but okay, it might be. 
Oh god, have I just exposed myself? <laughs> yeah, it's in the first stage. Oh, dear lord. So, it's the closest skip for me, please. <laughs> I, I was I'm like, worse than those people writing the show. No. I don't even know when Gondolin happened. This, this Gondolin was... happened. That doesn't even make sense. Oh, God. But Gondolin was around and when the fall happened. But this is something that I feared would happen when I first heard about the show. And uh-huh. then after um, Christopher Tolkien died, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. After they then fired and rehired a whole new writing staff. I think that's why it took so long. They were waiting for Christopher Tolkien to die so they could then get rid of all of the input he had and just make their own shit. Yeah, I fucking guess. It's like... It's so... They have... They have so much source material. So much incredible source material to make something amazing. Like, I'm not saying they have to make, you know, Silmarillion the television series because that wouldn't really work because you can't really make a television series about an encyclopedia mm. i mean you could but they they could adapt it so well and they just decided nah we're gonna do our own thing they're essentially making just a random fantasy series with some middle earth characters slapped on it it's a fanfic is it, it is a fanfic, yeah. It's like the fucking Cursed Child. Uh, it's the Potter world's the most Child. expensive and fanfic. shittiest fanfic. Yeah. Imagine spending one billion US dollars on a fan fiction. I know, right? It's fucking weird, isn't it? That's all it is. It's not canon. Nothing about it is canon. Why would it be canon? The only canon is the one I'm going to shoot it out of. Mm, he's got him. Mm, got him good. That, that one's when... never been used before. Absolutely not. When... Uh, when does it come out? I don't even know. I think it's June or July this year. Hmm. Not for a while. I thought it was September-ish. Oh, well, it could be that as well. <sighs> it's gonna suck, but anyway, let's let's not... Let's Spend not dwell on it too much. Disgrace. Because there's other more important things to dwell on, like, um, conspiracy like... theories. Oh, boy. And, uh, one more thing, for continuity's sake... <laughs> We, we we normally record these episodes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and then they go up on Saturday. But from now on, they're going to be recorded on Monday and then go up on Saturday, just for continuity's sake. There you go. So in case we miss out talking about things that would normally happen on a Monday or a Tuesday, it's because, or on a Tuesday, I guess, or a Wednesday, it's because they're now recorded on Monday. Well said, I know. Conspiracy well theory. Go ahead. Conspiracy theories. Um, am I going first? Uh, yeah, sure, you could go first. Alright, cool, I'll go first. Um, well, over recent months and weeks, when we've been doing conspiracies and stuff, you may have noticed a shocking rise in my professionalism. I've actually been coming very prepared with loads of notes and stuff, and these super interesting conspiracy theories, which were very well, yeah, which were very well researched by me. So, for this week, I thought we'd return to the classics. For my next one. Right. We've got the book. Oh, my next number, I would boy. like to return to the classics. The Conspiracy Theory book has come out by Charlotte Grieg, I believe it is. Grieg, I thought we settled on before. but it Yeah, could be we Grieg. might have done, but I haven't looked at this book in a while. I opened to the cover-up section. Uh-huh. And Rory. Let me ask you, what do you know about the Waco incident? Or Waco, W-A-C-O. Um, I can't say I know all that much, to be honest. Is this well, Nixon? I have no idea. Well, <laughs> luckily for you, I am in the same boat. As far as I might know less, so let's find out together about this. <laughs> oh, I could know theory. something completely unrelated. So, sure, let's, let's You're go. You're thinking let's of go Watergate. On. No, I don't think I am. You're thinking of that episode of Futurama. Sure, maybe. Nixon's back. Or maybe I'm thinking of... of Charleston Chew. I found out <laughs> that Charleston over. Chew is real the other day. Oh, is it? Yeah, I thought it was just something from Futurama, but it turns out it's a real thing that exists. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I didn't it's a know real that. candy bar they have in Yankee Land. Big up Yankee Land. Right, so the Waco incident. I'm going to do my best uh, reading. So good luck to me and good luck to the listeners because, dear God, you will need it. So over the past 30 years, several events have shaken America 
and made a significant minority of Americans deeply cynical about the behavior of their own government. Mm -hmm. Among the most significant of these incidents that took place at... What? Among the most significant of these is the incident that took place at the Branch Davidiana... <laughs> Davidian... Jesus Christ. Davidian... Yeah, Branch Davidian, whatever, compound near Waco in early 1993. This okay. culminated in the loss of more than 90 lives as the government seemed to declare war on a tiny religious sect. Mm -hmm. The sect in question, the Branch Davidians, were an offshoot of an offshoot of the seven-day Adventist movement. Okay, well, I must say, I'm already very intrigued. They had been based in a compound called Mount Carmel outside Waco, Texas since the 1930s. By 1955, the leadership of the group had passed to one Benjamin Roden, 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 sure, who was succeeded in time by his wife, Lois. Oh, I definitely know this, okay. actually. In 1981, a charismatic young man named Vernon Howell joined the group, and he same soon became a leading light, especially after he began an affair with the much older Lois. Now, it wouldn't be a, a religious sect if there wasn't affairs and lots and lots of shagging going on there was lots of shagging and i believe that um was it vernon howell yeah i believe that he was the man doing most of shagging and oh. i think he, he changed his name to john jones da no david koresh i think his name is david koresh i don't know you're the one looking at google right now <laughs> <laughs> i am not but i could <laughs> david Rory, Rory, don't spoil anything. No, we'll I'm like, I'm, is this the same man? Or well, am I, I thinking David of a Koresh, different one? There's a picture of him in the book and it says David Koresh. Oh, okay, so it is the same man. Okay, nice. No, right. it's I've, I I almost made a Twisted Minds post on this person back when I was doing that, but then I couldn't decide whether or not he was a Twisted Mind or just some guy. So I, or just a mind, so I didn't, I didn't in the end. But yeah, Continue. Vernon Howell, Top Shagger. Vernon Dursley. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> not quite as much as a top shagger. Not quite, no. A power struggle began between Howe and Lois's son, George. George Roden. Didn't he used to play for Spurs? George Roden. No, that's Joe, Joe Rogan. Joe, Joe Roden. Okay. And he's no, still that's Joe Rogan. He's got a podcast on <laughs> Spotify, Rory. Neil Young is a pussy off. <laughs> no, and he still does have a... He still does play for Spurs. Okay. He's, just injured. he's just injured, I believe. George, that guy, was the initial victor and Howe left the group to start his own splinter group in 1984. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did they have like a fight to the death <laughs> they had a boxing match to see who'd win yeah Lois died in 1986 and George Roden assumed control for two years until Vernon Howe returned and managed to rest rest control I think that should say wrestle wrestle control back from the increasingly mentally unstable George okay well this is long I'm just realising this is like three or four pages Vernon Howe began to impose his own visions on the sect he decided that he was a messiah figure and should be mm -hmm. allowed to be polygamous. Well, look at you with the knowledge. He was believed to have recruited as many as 12 women as his concubines, some of them the wives of other members, and some of them as young as 12 years old. Oh, maybe oh. not a top shagger then. Just a top nonce. Top nonce. As the messiah, he also exempted himself from the sex restrictions on diet and alcohol. Of course. Well, the messiah gets to do what he wants. Yeah. Well, he sounds very mentally stable, mm. unlike the last guy. No. With or without thumbs, the Messiah can do what he wants. That's a very niche one. If anyone gets that, fair play. But that is a... The With or without thumbs, the Messiah can do what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, you've lost me. You know the wrestler, Messiah? He, he was shagging the promoter's wife. Very fitting, actually. And then the... the I, what was the, What was it called? Um... It's like uh, GCW. Was it GCW? Game Changer Wrestling. No, it wasn't GCW. It was um um. GCW is the thing with um. Yeah, that's uh, uh Nick Gage. Yeah, um, fucking hell, what was it called? Matt Cordona. It was like extreme something extreme. It it was XCW or whatever it was. XPW Extreme Pro Wrestling. Yeah, he was yeah. the the Messiah was the was the champion, and the and the Booker learned that he was he was shagging his wife, so he decided to to hire some guys to go to his house and uh chop off hit one of his thumbs 
Well, thanks for that, Roy. That was fascinating. There you go. There's there's a whole um Dark Side of the Ring episode on it. Oh, is there? Well, there's just one on XPW in general. Oh, I haven't seen that. It was last season. In 1990. Yeah, go go ahead. In 1990, he gave himself a new, rather more biblical sounding name, David Koresh. Well, hey. His teachings became increasingly Keen. apocalyptic with the United States government being denounced continuously as Babylonians. Uh-huh. The compound was renamed Ranch Apocalypse, <laughs> which is a very hopeful sounding name. It is, yeah. Who would want to go there? The group stockpiled enough food to last it a year, as well as large quantities of firearms and ammunition. Dealing in guns, legally, also became a significant source of the income of the group. If you need to specify legally, something tells me they weren't doing it legally. Mm. Normally a dead giveaway. Dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah, the niche Gradually the, Gradually, the activities of the Branch Davidians and their leader started to worry the, their Texas neighbors. Reports began to appear in the newspapers that Koresh had been accused of abusing children. Wonder why. Yeah. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms started taking an interest in their group when a postman reported the delivery of what appeared to be a grenade... No, not a grenade. <laughs> what appeared to be grenade casings. The investigation intensified and the Bureau found evidence of several minor firearms violations. Oh, several no. minor violations as well, I imagine. <laughs> Shouldn't laugh. But <laughs> that was a good one, Dad. Thank you. Thank Very you. witty. That's me. Rather than simply waiting for Koresh to make one of his regular visits to the city, however, the BATF, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, Mm -hmm. decided to launch a huge raid on the compound. Scheduled for the 28th of February 1993, it was meant to be a surprise, but news crews had been tipped off and the BATF helicopter flying over the compound shortly beforehand must have warned the residents that something was amiss. I wonder why. I wonder why. Doesn't give it away. <laughs> All right. So that's the intro. And then the next one, it, it's a heading that says forced to retreat. Uh-huh. The agents approached the compound that Sunday morning in vehicles disguised as cattle trailers. However, the branch Davidians were not fooled and the situation very quickly got out of control. As the agents approached the compound, as the ag- as 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 the a- as the agents approached the pro- as the agents approached the compound, <laughs> sorry, I think I'm out fucking. <laughs> <What's a second. laughs> wow. Okay, continue. As the agents approached the compound, shots rang out. It is still not clear who fired first, with both sides accusing the other. But before long, full scale a full scale gun battle had broken out Mm -hmm. by the time the shooting ended four bat agents and five branch davidians were dead with many more injured let me just turn the page here that was a long page turn (laughs) (laughs) there's a it's on my desk and my laptop's in the way because my laptop's raised up isn't it yeah i guess the bat had been forced to retreat because they had underestimated the firepower and determination of the sect members. I'm just waiting for the theory, theory to start. <laughs> yeah, this is just a just telling me the background of this entire sect. So well, I mean, <sighs> continue. Come on, get on with it. Fucking hell, we ain't got. But there's day. so much. I don't give a shit. Continue. The raid had been an unqualified disaster, Unqual- which had been caught on film for the world to see. Yeah. Still. The government could not back down now, so a siege began immediately, with the FBI soon taking over the leadership from the BATF. The siege lasted for an amazing 51 days. During that time, the FBI seemed to employ two distinct tactics. On the one hand, hosting negotiations regularly with David Koresh, and in the early days of the siege, they secured the release of several groups of members, mostly children. Mm. Although the negotiations were accustomed to hostage situation negotiation tours what even though the negotiators uh, negotiators were accustomed <laughs> to hostage situations this one was very different the remaining people inside the compound did not see themselves as hostages they were determined to stay with their leader and it became increasingly clear that Koresh was not intending to leave in the near future at the same time 
Hostile tactics were also being used. After a while, the electricity would cut off to the compound, and later, and later, on giant floodlight. What? After a while, the electricity was cut off to the compound, and later on, giant floodlights were trained on the building in order to prevent the occupants from sleeping. Yeah? <laughs> Notoriously, the FBI also played tapes at deafening volume to demoralize the occupants. The sounds on the tape included Tibetan Buddhist chants, bagpipes, seagulls crying, helicopters, dentist drills, sirens, dying rabbits, a train, and the songs of Alice Cooper and Nazi Sinatra. <laughs> What's Nazi Sinatra doing there? These boots are made for walking, and that's just what I'll do. One of these days I will finish this fucking story. One of these days is not like the others. Such tactics had been seen to be useful in the operation against the Panamanian leader, General Nor... Hmm, i got to be careful with this one. Um, Noriega. <laughs> sure. N-O-R-I-E-G-A. Okay, nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple years before but the branch Davidians seemed to be made of sterner stuff and the FBI started to run out of patience the operation was enormously expensive and the eyes of the world were upon it surely the might of the American government could not be halted by a handful of religious fanatics the might of the American government I know right fuck off <laughs> it then up in flames assuming this is going to be the end I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of conspiracy theory eventually. I'm hoping. One could only hope, but I mean, you know, this book doesn't have the best track record, I'll be honest. Yeah, this book is a bit weird with what's in it. Eventually, Attorney General Janet Reno approved plans for a final assault. This was launched on Monday morning, 19th of April. The FBI called the compound to warn the occupants that they would be using tear gas, armed vehicles, then approaching the compound... No, they would be using tear gas. Full stop. Mm -hmm. Armed vehicles then approached the compound, punched holes in the walls, and sprayed tear gas into the buildings. Still, the Davidsons, Davidsons, Davidians, refused to leave. Instead, they started firing at. They started firing at the vehicles. Then the telephone was thrown out. What? A, a sign that the talking was over. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Later, towards noon, as the FBI pondered its next move, the compound went out in flames. Fires were raging, and these were soon punctuated by huge explosions. Finally, nine occupants emerged. One woman came out with her clothing in flames and then tried to go back in, but she was strained by a batif agent and taken to safety. It was too dangerous for firefighters to approach the blaze, even when it appeared to be in its last stages. A soldier was shot when he approached the building event. No, last stages, a, shoulder was sh a sol soldier was shot as they were approaching building. Okay. Eventually, however, the compound was raised to the ground and the FBI was able to inspect the da damage. They found 80 dead bodies among the rubble, of which 23 were children, 14 of whom were fathered by Koresh. The body of Koresh himself was identified by his dental records. He had been shot in the head. This was an operation that had gone about as wrong as it possibly could. The FBI tried to stress that the Branch Davidians had set the fires themselves and so had committed mass suicide, but it was inevitable that conspiracy theorists would soon get to work. Oh boy, here well, that we was go. a hell of a lot, hell of a lot of background. <coughs> right, it's got a picture of it burning in the book, but as this is a podcast, I will not bother just i won't bother in general deliberate murder is the next heading oh boy my favorite type of murder <laughs> <laughs> what's up there would you say you prefer deliberate or self murder um it's close for her oh, smacks mike <laughs> i don't know self murder is still probably my favorite just because it, i've it's been around for the longest yeah 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 has it <laughs> Well, well it's in, in terms like, of us. In terms of us, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Deliberate murder, as if most... Any uh, isn't murder, doesn't that... Com what? <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it being murder kind of implies that it's deliberate. Aren't all murders inherently deliberate, so you don't need to say deliberate murder? Maybe. Who's to say? Mm. Essentially, the conspiracy theorists were all saying the same thing. 
that the FBI had deliberately murdered the Branch Davidians. Uh-huh. Evidence for this, however, was at first slight, but the dodged investigation of the right-wing mad... What? But the dogged... Not dodged, dogged. Investigations of a right-wing maverick named Michael McNulty started to raise embarrassing questions. Ooh. He would air his findings in two successful films about the affair. The Academy Award-nominated Waco, The Rules of Engagement, and Waco, A New Revelation. Two key allegations are made by McNulty. The first is that the FBI caused the fires. After the event, the FBI had always maintained that it had not used any flammable substance or weapon in the assault on the compound. Mm -hmm. McNulty, however discovered the flammable tear gas canisters not the that flammable tear gas canisters had been used in the attack the fbi finally reversed his earlier statements and admitted this in 1999 oh wow secondly mcnulty examined heat sensitive film of the operation and noticed flashes coming from behind the building these he claimed were muzzle flashes proof that the fbi had been firing on anyone trying to escape the fire some of McNulty's other charges were supported by rather less documentary evidence. They included the suggestion that soldiers from the Army's super-secret Delta Force participated in the attack, that handheld grenade launchers were fired at the kitchen and could have ignited the fire, and that a demolition charge was placed on the roof of the bunker, which was detonated by remote control. So how has the FBI responded to these char- charges? I assume that they haven't. Hmm. The explosion in the bunker has been blamed on the quality of arms possessed by the occupants. Okay. The use of grenade launchers and the active involvement of Delta Force soldiers, although they were acknowledged to have been present, were both flatly denied. The flashes on the heat-resistant film were written off as reflected sunlight with experts experts pointing out that a muzzle would have been attached to a human being who also would have shown on the heat resistant film as for the flammable flammable cs gas canisters the fbi said that they turns page were launched four hours prior to the fire breaking out but in any case they had failed to reach their target this was backed up by a civil jury congress the court and the special counsel who in the year 2000, all concluded that the FBI had not caused the fire. Of course the FBI did. also pointed out that they had introduced bugging devices into the compound which clearly recorded cult members spreading fuel and preparing to light it. Did they release these recordings or did they just claim to have them? Um, it, it, you'll be shocked to hear the book doesn't say. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm on the last paragraph now, so... <clears throat> Stay with me, folks. Stay with me. Wrap it up in a nice bow. Tragic consequences is the heading of this one. Uh Uh-huh. All this, of course, has cut little ice with conspiracy theorists. What they and many other Americans point out is that here was a religious group surrounded by government forces but still going up in flames. The Waco incident incident made the potent... Fucking hell. The Waco incident made for potent TV images and proved a powerful recruiting aid for far-white militias. Not sure why, but... This incident would bear terrible fruit two years later when, on the, inv- adv- on the anniversary of the Waco deaths, a young man ma- named Timothy McVeigh, I feel like I recognise that name, decided to take vengeance on the government by preparing the Oklahoma City bombing. Oh, okay, that's why. So, do the conspiracy theorists have a point? Could Waco have been a massive plot by the government against its own people? It seems unlikely, does it? Does it? They've done it plenty of times before. Because of the final analysis that there's no reason why the government would have actively wanted to bring about the annihilation of these of this obscure religious cult. What seems far more likely is that this was a simply disastrously badly handled affair. It was less a conspiracy than a shambles. Unfortunately, however, the consequences of the government's actions were tragic, both in the short and long term. I mean, I don't think that the conspiracy theory I- entirely is that it was just planned. I think the conspiracy theory is that 
them going up in flames and stuff like that was caused by the government. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it probably was. Oh, the the uh, an independent jury found them. Shut up, of course. And the, and the Supreme Court, were we please? The Supreme, and the FBI's yeah. own personal investigation. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, now, uh, if you're not going to believe something that the FBI put out when they're doing their investigation the case, which if they put out that they were in the wrong, they'd be in serious trouble for, then I don't know what you're going to believe, to be honest. Yeah, I know. I'm just a mad conspiracy theorist, me. Must be. But speaking of mad conspiracy theories, let's move on to my conspiracy theory, which is it's it, it's a big one, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to read everything I've got here, but we'll see. Oh, so. you can just trim down mine. I'm sure there's a lot that can get cut out there. <laughs> there's going to be so much editing on this because my audio keeps crashing and I keep having to restart it, so that's fun. So we'll see how well this goes. Mm. So my theory, you may have heard of it, is called New Chronology. What did you call me? New Chronology uh-huh. by Anatoly Flamenka. Isn't that a, like start of guitar playing? <laughs> Good one. Thank you. So, as I said, I'm only going to be able to scratch the surface of the surface of this. But if you want to know more, there's plenty of YouTube videos on it. Or you could read the full book series that he wrote called History, Fiction or Science. It's got seven volumes and they're pretty expensive. But at least the English versions, but I'm sure you can find them somewhere. So, the origins of this theory, um, had there was a lot of origins. The, the main thing and why it was popularized was by Russian conspiracy theorist and mathematician Anton Anatoly Flamenco, as I already said. But it could also date back to as early as the 17th century, where this, this is a pretty funny origin I found, which is why I've included it. Someone called Jean Hodwin, Hodwin, sure, suggested that many ancient historical documents were much younger than commonly believed to be. Mm-hmm. And in 1685, he published a version of Pliny the Elder's Natural History, in which he claimed that most Greek and Roman texts were forged by Benedictine monks. Didn't he play Doctor Strange in the shut MCU? Up. <laughs> yes, shut up. Um, Wasn't he the guy who turned on the Americans during the Revolutionary War? Yes. Later, when um, this guy was... Isn't that a way of serving up. eggs? <laughs> Later, when he was questioned on it, um, Huadin stated that he would reveal the monk's reasons in the letter, in the letter, in a letter, which he would uh, reveal only after his death. The Hang on, my man's doing cliffhangers in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the executors of his estate were unable to find such a document upon <laughs> among his posthumous papers, so that's not... Oh, <laughs> what? That's devastating. My man literally made a post-credit scene for his life. <laughs> he made a post-credit scene and then I didn't deliver. I find it. This is a bigger letdown than the fucking no, Ant-Man and the Wasp one. He was like, fucking... Uh, no, they the monks forged it and I could prove it, but I'll only prove it after I die, so everyone waits around and he doesn't prove it after he dies. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's good stuff. But um, I said Ant-Man and the Wasp. I quite like that post-credit scene with the dr- with the ant drumming. Yeah, it's quite good. But yeah, go on. The the theory, essentially, to wrap it up in a in a in a bow, or I guess to open it, is that human civilization is only about one thousand years old, and that all the ancient civilizations, like you know Rome, Greece, Egypt, whatnot, actually occurred during what we now consider to be the Middle Ages. So, Flamenca. Um. I, I I would pronounce it flamenco, but everyone seems to pronounce it flamenco, so I'm gonna pronounce it that way. Where are they from? Russia. Oh, I've already said that like three times. Yeah, I know, but I wasn't listening to you. So, um, if any Russians are listening, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. So he claims the written history of humanity. Also, leave Ukraine alone. Yes, do that too. Nice topical one, including a Russian bloke. Claims the written history of humanity only goes as far back as 1800 AD and that there is almost no information of events between 1800 and 1000 AD. So most known historical events must have taken place between 1000 and 1000 and 1500 AD. The theory also states that world history prior to 1600 AD has been falsified 
to, to suit the interests of a number of different conspirators, including the Vatican, the Holy Roman Empire, the Russian House of Romanov, and also, um, actually, that's it, to be honest, all working, <laughs> <laughs> all working to cover up the true history of the world, or I guess Eurasia, which is centered around a global empire known as the Russian Horde. The supposed Russian Horde played a dominant role in Eurasian history before the 17th century. The various peoples identified in ancient and medieval history from the Scythians to the Huns to the Goths to the to the Bulgars to more recent Crozaks, Ukrainians, um, Belarusians, whatnot, um, they're all nothing but elements of this single Slav Turk empire known as the Russian Horde. Okay, go on. He also claims that the figure known as Jesus Christ was actually born in 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 Cape Cape Florin in Crimea okay. on uh, on December twenty five. Very topical Crimea, December twenty fifth, uh, eleven fifty two A.D. And that he was crucified on March twentieth, eleven eighty five A.D. on Joshua's mm. Hill, overlooking the Bosphorus. Bosphorus. The, yes. the little water bit in Istanbul, overlooking that. Oh, okay. That's Bosphorus. quite. That's quite the allegation. What does he have to back that up? Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, we still have a lot of stuff to get through, and the most possible, um, or the most probable prototype for historical Jesus was someone called Andronicus Co- Maximus Comnenus, who okay. was allegedly allegedly alive from eleven. 52 AD to 1185 AD the -hmm. same time Jesus was alive um the emperor of uh Byzantine 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 yes Byzantine Byzantine uh he was known for failed reforms and uh his traits and deeds reflected in biographies in 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 air quotes of many real and imaginary people wait what um so basically, so, Jesus was actually alive in this time, and the prototype to Jesus, so maybe Jesus wasn't alive, the people, so he, he kind of says that Jesus was alive at this time, but if Jesus didn't exist, then this person was Jesus. And the what, somebody was known for fail, re, failed reforms? <laughs> yeah. That um, sounds pretty godly to me. <laughs> but also that Jesus was more of a composite figure. And reflected many different people from you know, the Old Testament prophet, prophet of Eliza, Pope Gregory the Seventh, Saint Basil of Crayasvia, and even Li Yahao, also known as Emperor Jingzon from wow. the Western Zai, because why not? Why not throw a Chinese bloke in there? As well as Eulocles, <laughs> Bacchus. And Dionysus. Dionysus? Dionysus. That's what you get when you go to a doctor, isn't it? (laughs) Dionysus. What's the Greek god of... Also, apparently, Bacchus Bacchus and him are different people now. Apparently, they're not just the same thing. Just different names. Roman. Yeah, the Greek version of Bacchus. Yeah. I I never knew how to pronounce this when I was reading the Percy Jackson books, either. Okay. But yeah, that's that's that. (laughs) Very, are you confused yet? It's all a bit confusing. No, I'm, I'm following 100%. Okay, well, as part of this theory, Flamenco also merges cities together. So the historical cities of Jeru- Jerusalem, Rome, and Troy, they, 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 weren't, they were actually just one big thing. Do you mean Dionysus? Referred- Dionysus, that's how you pronounce it. Yes, Dionysus. But he's merged Jerusalem, Rome, and Troy into something he's called New Rome and said that it was uh, south of Joshua's Hill mm-hmm. and south, no, south of Joris Castle in Joshua's Hill, which he also alleges to be the hill cavalry depicted in the Bible, and that the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul is actually the biblical temple of Solomon. Okay. And the Solomon. Again, quite quite a claim. Where does is, where what what evidence does he have to back this up? It, it's quite a claim, and we will get to evidence eventually, Dan. Okay, I am excited because these are these are some mighty claims that this person's made. 
the the mighty claims continue with this is probably my favorite claim um according to fomenka rome or the word rome is a placeholder and can signify any one of several different cities and kingdoms he claims the first rome or ancient rome is an ancient egyptian kingdom in the delta of the nile with its capital in alexandria alexandria the second rome and the most famous new rome is uh is constantinople and the third rome is um is actually three different cities it's three different cities so it's constantinople again um rome in italy finally makes an appearance and and moscow (laughs) okay okay sorry like (laughs) what According so to wait, his... if, he th- if if all of the ancient stuff didn't happen, why is it called Alexandria then? <laughs> I don't know, Dan. <laughs> I, I would say we'll get to that, but we won't. Okay, cool. Also, according to his claim, Rome in Italy was founded... It was actually built in a day. It was founded in 1380 AD by Aeneas. What did you call me? <laughs> Aeneas, you know, the famous mythological figure, the Trojan yeah. hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. He existed, right? Yeah, he, well, he's, he's not. Def- he's not part of it. Like the the Trojans. Yeah, that whole thing. You know, Achilles. Yeah, it happened. Big fucking horse. Yeah, that all happened, right? Also, Moscow, um, as the third Rome was the capital of the Great Russian Horde. Okay, this guy was Russian. Who came up with all this, right? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Interesting that he's trying to put Russia at the center of history. So that's really interesting. <laughs> up to the seventeenth century. Why he's doing that? Essentially, up to the seventeenth century. Historians and translators offered assigned different dates and locations of different accounts to the same historical event, creating multiple phantom copies of these events. These phantom copies were often misdated by centuries or even millennia. Easy mistake to make. And ended up incorporated in conventional chronology. Okay. So. Incorporated. I've never quite heard it pronounced like that before. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So there's still much here, but I could skip out this bit. This bit's not entirely necessary. It's just going to have me very poorly pronouncing some Latin things. Oh, go on. (sighs) Okay, so uh, this chronology was largely um, manufactured by Joseph Justus Scaliger Uh in his book Optus Novan de Amentinia Time Temporian. And yeah, what does that mean? It, 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 I don't know. I don't know what it means. <laughs> and thesaurum temporum. But yeah, and like uh, Potter spell. Uh, <laughs> and represents a vast array of dates producing, produced without any justification whatsoever, containing the repeating sequence of dates which shifts equal to multiples of major capitalistic numbers. 333 and 360. Yeah, no idea what that means, but if you... If you I would what... say this entire theory was produced without any reason. <laughs> so, well, how did he come up with these theories, Dan? These I quite... don't know, but I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. How did he come up with these claims? Well, <clears throat> he had several methods because he was a mathematician and it was all done through mathematics, apparently. Um, one of his okay, simplest but... methods was um, finding statistical correlations of text. So, basically, he would... His basic assumption is that a text which describes a sequence of events will devote more space and more important events. For example, a period of war or unrest will have more space devoted to it than a period of peaceful and uneventful years. And yep. uh, this irregular- irregularity will remain visible in other descriptions of the period. For each analyzed text, a function is devised which maps out each year mentioned in the text with the number of pages devoted in the text to its description, which could be zero. The function of the two texts are then compared. For example, um, he compares the contemporary history of Rome written by Titus Livius with... (laughs) With the modern history of Rome, Titus. written by back again, uh, well, I say back again, but Russian historian V.S. Sovgiv, mm-hmm. and uh, calculated that the two have a high correlation, and thus they must be describing the same period of history, which uh, and, and this was claimed by Wikipedia to be undisputed. 
He also compares modern texts with described different periods and calculates low correlation as expected. When he compares, for example, the ancient history of Rome and the medieval history of Rome, he calculates a high correlation and concludes the ancient history of Rome is a copy of the medieval history of Rome, thus clashing with mainstream accounts and saying that it was all made up. <laughs> yeah, I, I follow you. Yeah, I know exactly yeah, what you just I, said. That all made perfect sense to me. Another method. So wait, he said... No, no, wait. He's saying that because... What? No, so the what was the Russian person describing? Basically, um... He compared the ancient history of Rome with yes. the modern history of Rome in during like the Middle Ages and stuff, and concluded that they were similar. So no, what do you key mean? Events. What do you mean? No, stop talking. What? What do you mean? What do I mean? Yeah, the ancient history of Rome and the modern history of Rome. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, isn't like Rome from ancient Rome, so from like BC. Okay. Compared to what Rome had become in, you know, 10th to 15th century. But the Roman Empire didn't exist then. No, but it wasn't the Roman Empire at that point. It was, maybe it was like Holy Roman Empire or or whoever was around. Well, I guess that he was claiming Rome to be different things. Okay. Honestly, so... I don't have an answer for you, Dan. <laughs> so he's, he's saying but, but that the history described he the by modern two history different... of rome written by russian historian vs serfkeev so what that is i'm not sure <laughs> isn't the modern history of rome just piecing together all of the accounts we have of rome i would assume so he's comparing so. so he's, uh, he's comparing the ancient history of rome with the modern history of rome and saying that they're describing the same thing so therefore it must have been more recent yeah but of course they're describing the same thing cuz they are literally describing the same thing <laughs> I would I would assume that maybe he's talking about something else, but oh, I'm, he honestly I'm not the, sure. The modern history of Rome is like his history of Rome. Maybe and because his history of Rome no, matches up with no. ancient history. No? no, no. So he's saying, but because two things talking about the same thing are written at which were written. No, at different but what times, I think he, very similar. What so I think he means, Dad, is he saying what happened in the more modern part of rome or i guess the the like eastern what rome become as byzantine empire right yeah but yeah he's what happened there is the same as what happened in ancient rome or very but similar bollocks but that's what he's claiming dan but that's bollocks because that's complete nonsense well dan i didn't come up with the because theory what happened to, yes you did what well, happened to the Byzant the byzantine empire was very 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 different from what happened but I think Rome. he's comparing like dates and whatnot. Like at this point, they were at this point in their history, they were at peace. At this point, they were at war. At this point, they were, you know, that sort of thing. He also did this for like um, rulers and whatnot. So he was like, if this ruler ruled from this point to this point, it, and it's the same as this point to this point in future time, that means that they've just changed things a little bit. Like also, he was like, if someone's been poisoned has this ruler uh, has like the fourth ruler of the ancient rome um died has he been poisoned and then compared it to the fourth ruler from like i don't know modern rome whatever he's referring modern rome to be died through poison and if they were the same if that was the point then you know if they were both poisoned then that's a that's a plus one if one was poisoned one was killed in combat then that's a minus one if one was poisoned one died of illness and that's a zero then and then deciphered from that whether or not they how similar they were and he found that there was a very similar correlation between them like between the dynasties of kings of israel and the emperors of the late western roman empire and claimed that this method demonstrates correlations between their reigns so therefore there's a chance that they would they made up ancient history based on not so ancient history if that makes any sense at all that makes a lot more sense but that's like saying say there's two kings that ruled for the same period of time say george the first ruled for the same period of time he didn't obviously same ruled for the same period of time as like pitt the younger so therefore they're the same person Mm. yeah 
if Elizabeth and Victoria ruled for the same period of time, which they obviously haven't, therefore they're the same person. They both die of old age. Clearly, they're just the same person. Um, it's, it's kind of bollocks. I don't know if he's saying they're the same person. I just think he's saying that they made up history based on that person. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand. But yeah, he also he also looks at like um astronomical events, something to do with eclipses that I didn't write down, like they don't occur as often as they should have or they did did occur too often or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, he also um he also just rejects um established dating methods like, you know, um I can't remember what it's called geology i guess any established like dating methods to see how old something is he's just like nah and he, he doesn't really give a reason why but he could mm-hmm. he, he just is like nah i don't i don't believe it so yeah i could tell you many th- that's about it i could tell you that's that's the theory i could tell you many ways it's been called bullshit on but i'll, I'll just leave you with this quote um <clears throat> for russian critics Fomenka represents both an embarrassment and a potent symbol of the depths to which the Russian academy and society has generally sunk amid the diverse social, social, societal misfortune heaped upon Russia since the fall of communism. Western critics see his views as part of a renewed Russian imperial ideology keeping alive the imperial consciousness and secular me- mezzanism <laughs> in Russia. Wow, you said that. So essentially, just well. he's, he's just trying to be like Russia's the center of everything, Russian nationalism, all that. Yeah, literally, that's that's what it sounds like to me, to be honest. Yeah, and they're trying to rel- because obviously there's no room for religion in a communist society. Mm. If they bring it all way more forward and just say it's not, they're not actually real people. Which I mean. I will not be getting into <laughs> that's whatever. for a Jesus Christ. Episode. That's for a future episode. I will not be getting into Jesus Christ superstar known as Jesus Christ ever actually existed. But who's to say? Certainly not I. Who's to say? But if you take away everything that these religious people grasp onto, say, oh no, it was all actually way more recent, and none of them actually did miracles. They were just amalgamations of a bunch of other people. Then it makes the religion sound more nonsensical than it already does which is quite impressive mm. but i don't know whether or not that's what you're saying but it sounds like it could be yeah it's it's a wild theory i definitely recommend people looking up because it's i could scratch this i just scratched the surface of the surface it's i've heard it's hilarious like it before if you if it's you definitely an interest you one. look through all of it it's hilarious and uh and one more thing in 2004 the moscow international book fair um or at the oh. book fair um, love to go to the, to an international book. I know, it would be fun, wouldn't it? Anatoly Fomenko mm. was um, awarded the anti-prize called Az- Azats, I might be pronouncing that wrong, which literally translates to disaster or fiasco prize. So he was awarded the mm-hmm. disaster prize for his book. And in the category Poknaya Bezgramota, which can be translated to either certificate of dishonor or literally respectable respectable idiocy <laughs> and was awarded the worst book published in Russian history. So there you go. I'm not one to shoot down conspiracy theories without doing a bit of research, but I can this one does sound like quintessentially it is bollocks. It is complete but, bollocks, but it's very funny but, if you just go read read the Wikipedia article which most of this is just shamelessly taken from because i couldn't describe yeah, I, it any I better <laughs> it's it's funny it's funny trust me but, but I, yeah I, I shall look into it it's kind of interesting actually once one thing the um this the conspiracy theory you've brought is that all of it like history is much younger than we have led to believe and the last one i brought before this one is that history is a lot older yeah than we've been led to believe yeah it's almost it's almost as if you've gone opposite. I know. It's I, yeah. I don't know if I did that intentionally. I don't think I did. <laughs> Which I feel like I would know whether or not I Maybe had that. Maybe that's why the, uh, this theory irks me so much because I believe that history is so much older than we're being led to believe. No, the I... idea of someone saying it's so much younger, I'm like, you, <laughs> you idiot, <laughs> <shouting> bollocks. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. But yeah, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Extremely Interesting. 
join us next week probably <laughs> saturday um, 1 p.m gmt we'll see for episode mm-hmm. 50 if not two weeks time episode f- <clears throat> jesus episode oh, 50 God. <laughs> follow us on instagram at extremely interesting anything else to add um, thank you Lise. you seen that the queen is allegedly dead that weird <laughs> was it it's not hollywood and dead what's it called hollywood unlocked or something it's called it's just reporting that the queen's dead and they're fucking sticking by it even though no one else is saying it it's quite funny <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's dead. She just has a she just has a cold. Yeah, but the person is literally like, I trust my sources. I'll wait for a statement from the palace. It's like, why does this person think that Hollywood Unlocked? I've never heard of them before. They've got the scoop, but no one else can figure it out. <laughs> we have protocols in place at work if, for when the queen dies. So <laughs> I hope she hasn't because I don't know what they are, but we are supposed to have them. <laughs> well, I feel but anyway, like the BBC they've they've got the whole thing the rights Mm. to be the first to say because they are the national broadcaster of the bbc yeah who the fuck has been like you know what the queen's dead first person i'm telling hollywood unlocked whatever the (laughs) fuck that is (laughs) but yeah it would be a strange one but yeah we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll, we'll see you next week but the nostalgia critic (laughs)